welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And our friend Sean is joining us again. Hello, Sean. Hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is another episode in our 13 Days of Halloween, where for 13 days leading up to Halloween, we're going to be discussing a movie in the horror, thriller, suspense genre. And today's movie is called Basket Case, and Matt's going to tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, this is from 1982. Uh, it's directed by Frank Lauder, and it stars... Uh, Kevin Van Hentenrich as Dwayne. <laughs> and Dwayne arrives in New York City with a basket that rarely leaves the side. And inside the basket is a creature um, that is, 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 we learn is his formerly conjoined twin. <laughs> and uh, they kind of just basically go on a murder spree. And in the meantime, Dwayne tries to find love. that's a very straightforward uh description of a basket case so uh sean this is a selection you selected this for us to talk about so what are your thoughts on yeah well i I picked it because i basket case is is one of my favorites of all time um there's a certain type of film goer that's gonna really enjoy basket case and that's really kind of like if you're into kind of the more um i mean it's a straight up like exploitation movie basically but kind of wrapped up in a little bit of a with a little bit of a heart of gold I think <laughs> I think like what sets back basket case um, apart for me is uh, I mean for for all of its I mean it's super low budget um, on purpose I think Hinn and Letter or whatever said he set out he straight set out to make like an exploitation film it's set in like the seediest of seedy 80s New York um, so all of that speaks to me but then it actually has um a bit of like pathos to it. Right. It has like an unexpected, uh, you know, little, it's not really the subplot. It's really the plot of the entire movie, but it's kind of, uh, speaks to, you know, what, what does family mean? What will, <laughs> what will you do for your family? Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, it's also, uh, an awful looking puppet that <laughs> goes on a murder spree, but, um, I mean, it all, it all kind of, it's just, it seems, seems kind of charming to me. I mean, the gore works, the performances are kind of bonkers. Not, 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 I'm not sure if some, if it wasn't meant to be over the top, I'm sure it plays as a black comedy. I mean, I think like that was like, it's not really a horror film so much. I mean, horrible things happen, but it's just, it's a tough to describe because it's uh it's pretty, it's pretty much its own thing. I mean, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? I need to ruminate on this a little more. <laughs> Um, well, I went into this, to be honest, with very low expectations. <laughs> um, but I was, I was thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Um, I love the setting. I love this, the seedy mm. New York of the late seventies, early eighties, you know, before it got cleaned up. And so I love that vibe from yeah. the very, very, very beginning. Um, and you know, the acting is a little sketchy at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, Special effects. Now, yeah, it's obvious that this was low budget. And and sometimes it's comical, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't help but laugh sometimes. Um, but then there were there were other moments where I thought it was quite disturbing. I thought it was there were there were moments when the, that brother he's he's very frightening. Yeah. Um, just the the way that they did his his face. And I'm not sure exactly how they did it, but it, it was it was very interesting. Um, and, and at times effective. Um, 
So yeah, I I think I enjoyed it much more than I expected to. And um, I think you're right. It does kind of have this underlying um, heart to it. Mm, mm. And you really do start to feel for both of them, yeah. both brothers. Right. And in in, in that's bizarre con- considering what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very strange kind of mixture of kind of black humor and gore. You know, I'm not one for gore, but this one... This is just kind of fake enough that it didn't yeah. really disturb me. Well, you notice like every kind of death scene is the same. It's like a, a face clawing <laughs> and then a mouth bleeding <laughs> and then like a cutaway and a cut back to like it's I'm sure it was done on purpose. But yeah. Yeah. The deformed brother, his name is Bilal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he the method that he uses is straight up the same every time. You know, yeah. he just gloms onto somebody's face. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he like splits people too though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I thought this movie was pretty great for what it was. I'm not going to pretend it. It's not high art. It's not like even in my opinion, the greatest horror movie ever made, <laughs> but um, it is straight up. Like, I mean, Ashley described it, like the, the look and feel of New York city in the early eighties. Um, I love that. I know there's probably a lot of people who you know live in New York City who probably prefer it being cleaner and <laughs> less crime. But I, uh, you know, I, it, it's it looks great on film. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I feel like this film. I had to like look up. Um, I rarely try to look up a movie when I'm watching it, but I did for this because I was trying to see the production budget. Because uh, it turns out it's thirty five thousand dollars, which comes wow. to a little bit over a hundred thousand in today's money. Um, this movie punches above its weight. I mean, you know. There are some movies made like on a dime that look like they're made for a nickel. Uh, this movie comes across much better than its production value uh, would have you think, and and it's it's really good. And I like the acting in it. I mean, the acting is right. It's a little stilted, but for some reason that works. It almost, in a way, feels almost kind of natural. Mm. Um, I was noticing Beverly Bonner, who I was not familiar with before this movie, but she plays Casey, who lives down the hall from Dwayne and Bilal in this um, rooming house apartment. And I noticed that she pops up in the, in the Baskets case sequels, but you know, she's uh, and she just passed away last year, but she was, uh, she was good in this. Um, I love the hotel manager, dude, the sort yeah. of downtrodden world weary <laughs> hotel manager who's played by Robert Vogel and who I was shocked to find out was 31 when he recorded and this was oh, made because he looks 31 going on 50 yeah at least <laughs> at least yeah, yeah. Um, but I liked him in this movie and then uh, Sharon who plays a receptionist at a doctor's office that Dwayne meets and goes on a date with and who I did look up later on she is wearing a wig in this movie it's mm. not explained why but it's not a convincing wig yeah. um, <laughs> anyway so this uh, this movie like yeah it it's it punches above its weight. Yeah. Well, I really, really liked the Hotel Braslin, the setting of that, and the the residents who are kind of like perpetually hanging out at the front <laughs> counter. I like the uh, the old Irish guy, uh, O'Donovan, <laughs> yeah. who meets uh, Belisle at one time, too. But, yeah, I thought that the Hotel Braslin was probably as important a piece of the of the flick as, as any of it. Um, but I think Ashley brought up a good point, too. I think that the director did a good job of... Um, 
you know, you're you're I'm rooting for the, the two brothers. They go on a murderous rampage, <laughs> but like you're rooting for them until he kind of like flips the script on you a little bit and shows you like oh these murders were fun and you know they're killing guilty people until he kind of flips you near the end where you're kind of like a little repulsed you're like you know or Bilal and you know I don't want to spoil anything (laughs) although the movie came out in 82 but I think the director understands that you're rooting for them you know they have a cause that's just but then he shows you they're still kind of villainous they're still kind of they're not they're quote unquote monstrous in, in their actions so I think that was like, I think it is smart. It's a smart movie wrapped up in a dumb movie. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's an intelligent guy. If you've seen any of his interviews or read um, anything about him, like he's a, he's a smart guy and punching above its weight is, is a good way to put it, Matt. I mean, the whole, you know, it's an absurd premise. It's a, you know, he set out to make an exploitation movie, but he, he's smart enough to have done it with a little bit of humor, a little bit of, um, you don't want to say tenderness, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, and and he had it. You know, the setting was perfect. I mean, I couldn't. You can't imagine spending like a, a ten minutes in the hotel Brazil, let alone like <laughs> having renting a room there and like you know being amongst its residents. But I thought they were all cool. I thought that added a lot of color to the film. Um, and then speaking of color, you had like the bright lights of Forty Second Street. You know, the grindhouse cinemas, the little you know. Old New York, as people say, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think you know it's a smart movie wrapped in a dumb movie. It's it's it is what it is, but then it surprises you at times, you know. Yeah, so you're right. You are rooting, kind of rooting for them, and then it does take a turn. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that that turn, that last killing, if you will, is definitely the most shocking and disturbing thing. And it's an image I may not ever get out of my head um and then from there i felt like the movie kind of it kind of ends on a down note Mm -hmm. and it for sure ends on a down note and i don't know it i was i was ready for kind of a more it sounds strange to say this given the the plot of the movie a, a more uplifting ending but um yeah i i i don't know one thing i wanted to say is that you know i would i would categorize this i think we all would as a b movie a b horror movie yeah um, and what separates a really good one from a really terrible one is just the sense of love that you feel from the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this filmmaker wanted to make a wonderful, great movie or as good a movie as he could given his budget. And he wanted it to be good. He put all his heart and soul into mm-hmm. it and it just kind of shows and you can feel it. And, and that's why I appreciate this movie quite a bit. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that you, you focused on the hotel too, uh, Sean, because the hotel Brosnan, I mean, it's almost like a character in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of good horror movies have a nice evocation of place. Like, you know, the, the Friday the 13th films, you know, except when they got silly toward the, the last few. Um, yeah. You know, you, you have a, you, if nothing else, you, you associate that with the, the woods, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and this one, you know, this has uh, that hotel Brosnan. You <laughs> yeah. Know, um, and I, you know, the effects are, yeah, the effects are kind of dodgy. I mean, they were dodgy for 1982. But that said, it kind of works. Like, it was around this time that the uh, Clash of the Titans movie came out. And, like, you know, you had the Ray Harryhausen effects. And, yeah, I, I knew as a kid when I was watching that movie on TV that 
those were not realistic looking, mm-hmm. but you sort of suspend your disbelief and, and, and it works because of how creepy it all is. Right. Yeah. And that's what like, so that when like I'm thinking in this movie with the stop motion of, mm-hmm. of Bilal, yeah, it doesn't look real, but that's almost kind of the point, right? Yeah. It's almost nightmarish in the movements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, it works. Well, it's funny for as low budget as it was and for as kind of um, like rudimentary as the Belial puppet. But I mean, it kind of did look like he kind of did have like the eyes of um, Dwayne. Like you could tell they mm-hmm. were, you know, in certain parts you're like, oh, yeah, that that is Dwayne's <laughs> deformed, conju- formerly conjoined, uh, you know, brother. But I think. You know, that final, the final thing with Sharon and the final murder, I think was, as far as I've read, pretty divisive even at the time. I think a lot of people, it bummed a lot of people out. Like a lot of people, there were a lot of walkouts, I think, from what I've read about the movie at the time. So I think that, you know, was done with purpose too. I think he knew, you know, Frank Hinnelot or whatever, knew what he was doing with that. And he knew that like, that was going to be a reaction. So he's like, you know, you guys have had a lot of fun watching these guys murder people. How about this? And then you're, yeah. then, and then Ashley's reaction is like the proper one. You're like, well, that's, that's disturbing, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was interesting because I have a couple of books on, you know, like Grindhouse movies and stuff and Basket Case. You know, it's not that violent though, to be honest, right? But like it has a reputation of being like this Rex Reed's quote, this, this film is sick. <laughs> like they use that as a tagline back in the day and it's, it's not really the vibe, it's the whole, oh, the overall vibe of the film is just kind of grimy, right? Like purposely grimy, but I mean, it's not that violent, right? So I had a, this being a video nasty, you can kind of see, but it's weird. It's almost like at parts like of the Muppet show, meets, like, <laughs> you know, meets a horror film sort of thing, but so I, you- I love it. I mean, I love the poster. Like you see Belial's eyes out of the basket. I mean, I bought, I've got a shirt. This is a, <laughs> movie that's close to my heart so i think they did you know the the marketing was genius for back then too you know Mm -hmm. if you read like the taglines like the tenant in room seven is like very small very twisted and very mad like those guys in the 80s could like bang out a tagline (laughs) but um anyway yeah that's i've said my piece on this what do you give it out of 10 i mean it's 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 one of my favorites it's a high i'll give it a 9.5 i mean it's not it's not gonna get a 10 but I mean, I could very well give it a 10, but I'll go with a 9.5 just to not give a 10. How about you, Ashley? Um, I'll give it a 7.5. All right. Um, I give it a 7.6. And so our score is an 8.2. It's on the tomato meter. It has a fresh uh, score from critics of 76% and an audience score of 54%. Hmm. wonder what those audiences were expecting. (laughs) I don't know. You know, and then uh, maybe with more modern audiences... um, it just maybe this doesn't work. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, all of us are we're still in our forties, right? Yeah. Um, we grew up around the same era. We remember. I mean, you know, I didn't get to New York City until the nineties, but I remember seeing images of New York City from that time period yeah. that looked like this. Yeah. And we grew up on sometimes dodgy special effects mm-hmm. or lower budget films than are out today. So I'm wondering though if there are younger people who are like giving it a watch because I mean seriously, Sean. I mean, there's a lot of people that sing its praises. So I'm wondering if a younger horror fan 
Must be. We'll go and watch this and just not get it. Be well, like, what is this? Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's like the opening of Barney Miller. You know, that <laughs> it's like that new that Barney Miller and Who Basket Case existed in the exact same universe. So, yeah, for us, who re- if you get the Barney Miller reference, then maybe you'll like Basket Case. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's an 8.2 from us. That's Basket Case. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us, Sean. Thank you. Thanks.